Hello and welcome to Bandy and Shinty, or Bandy and Shinty Extra as we're calling this. It's the sort of show you'd find if you press the red button on the BBC. Now if you're looking for up to the minute debate about all things forest, then check out our first show, or keep an eye out for the next one, coming very soon. What this is is a bit of a chat about our favourite forest goalies. It starts off with a list of players, and we'll let you decide how accurate that list is, but quickly turns into a bigger debate about who is the best forest goalkeeper of all time. So, if you've got half an hour or so to spare, sit back, relax and enjoy what we're calling the Jordan Smith Paradox. Well, firstly, I thought I'd go through all the keepers that played after Peter Shilton. Hans van Brooklyn. Sean, you look like a bingo caller, by the way, so just to I say. Know. Hans Sagers. Andy Marriott. Yeah. Tommy Wright. He was 34. So you think, oh, he might be a youngest. Youngster, no. He was that's 34 not, when he made his debut. Right. We signed him after we went down. Well, that's not what I've got on here. You signed Tommy Wright. We, we played with <sighs> him. It says in the stat book. It says in the stat book. In fact, it said on the internet. But, is this you know, going well, by the way? Is this going well? well I think this is going brilliantly well. Right, okay, carry on. Alan Fettis. Mark Crossley, Never heard of him. Dave Besson, Ian Sorry. Turner. One appearance. I've got three down here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> was Ian Turner in goal when we played Brazil? <laughs> I've got this image of a keeper dropping one in at Tottenham in the cup. It might have been Colin Doyle. Colin Doyle. Is he on your list? No, he's not. He's not on your list. That's a surprise. <laughs> Colin, Colin Doyle. Doyle. Colin Doyle. Was it the FA Cup? The issue with this list I'd just like to point out is that we're getting to the actual relevant point. I thought that went well. Well, listen, if you'd like that feature to come back, please do drop us a line. Forest <laughs> <laughs> right backs. Sean, thanks for your contribution. Next, um, <laughs> Just destroy me, why not? No, it's going in purely for comedic value. An incorrect list of right back. <laughs> now, listen, so, so in all seriousness, thank you, Sean. So, what is the point with the straight face, Sean? What is the point of that? We got to talk about Jordan yeah, we, we, Smith. Was the top list. List. Wonderful. He's our current goalkeeper. Yeah. Is he your favourite goalkeeper, presumably? No, my favourite goalkeeper is Peter Shilton. And why, why did you well, compare the two then? Just, just to give us a bit of meat. Well, they were goalkeepers. They, they were. One wore gloves, one perhaps less so. Phil, who's your favourite goalkeeper? My favourite goalkeeper was Mark Crosley. Absolutely. Anybody who thinks otherwise, I just wouldn't tend to trust. But interestingly with Mark Crosley, there was a period in which he had to be actually removed from the team because of the abuse that he was getting from the fans as a young goalkeeper coming through. So it might be something to bear in mind while we talk about Jordan Smith. I think just before we get to talk about the Jordan Smith paradox, I think your favourite goalkeeper is, is in many ways linked to your, your favourite World Cup, which invariably, you know, the theory dictates it's closest to your 10th birthday. So in that sense, I think for me, Hans van Brooklyn, he was this sort of, you know, this Dutch keeper who just had this element of glamour about him. But more importantly, in many ways, I thought he had the perfect goalkeeper's jersey. It was the green one, obviously, little collar and the little Adidas trefoil just in the top left. Perfect. Yeah. I think Super. the thing with Broeklin as well was that he was kind of the tail end of the ability of Nottingham Forest to attract yeah. really outstanding talent. So Broeklin was a world yeah. talent. Now, got probably more after he yeah, was at Forest. Yeah, because he won the 88 uh, European Championships only with the Dutch. He, he was a real talent. And that really after that, it was much more about making the most of lesser known players Hence, Hans and moulding squads together, light. whereas Van Boeken was the last of that kind of we are a, a recognised mm. European club that can attract really good players. Mm. What I always loved about, I know everyone always talks about penalties with Mark Crosley, but he had something like a 68% save rate 
over his career for penalties, which is outstanding. And I remember him being asked after the Spurs game what his secret was, and obviously he wouldn't say at the time, but it turned out years later most people hit the ball across their body, and that was the, that was the way he always dived. Didn't do that with Gary Lineker in the FA oh, Cup yeah, final, yeah. but generally speaking, it went across his body, and it just shows how the game's changed now. That that would have been some sort of like secret back then, and nowadays you sit down with an iPad as a goalkeeper or a striker mm. for three minutes, or notice which way he dives yeah. all the time, cats out the back. Now I, I love Crosley, he was, and I'll tell you why I loved him, like, like Dave's saying about you, you link it to World Cups, not all the time but generally speaking people look quite fondly back at their own childhoods and I think the goalkeeper that you watch as a pre-teen or teen, and bear in mind this was the 90s as well, so sort of the the tail end of clubs having an established goalkeeper for seven, eight, nine years, a Kevin Pressman and Neville Southall. So, you know, year on year teams would come down, it'd be the same person stood in front of you. Crosley or just always struck me as that, again, that sort of fag end of allowable characters in a football team. Mm. You know, like in a modern world in which everybody is so vanilla and they're all media trained and they've all come through this kind of bubble of being in an academy and they've kind of got no real idea about anything outside of that football bubble that they've grown up in. Crossy was one of those who'd got proper personality whether you liked him or not. He was funny and he was individual and you saw it on his reactions in the, on the pitch and you saw it in his pre-build-up when he'd be slamming in shots at Nigel Jemson as he tried to keep goal. You know, it was just a it was a funnier time in that sense than a lot of the players now. They've just not got any real distinctive character about them. Underwhelming Mark Crossley anecdote is really big in real life. Uh, when Rotherham were, went to Wembley, <laughs> especially after he's retired, and he's... it was uh, so yeah. Rotherham auto windshields final. Rotherham played Shrewsbury and won two one. Uh, they were managed by John McGovern actually, and and Jemson uh, scored a couple of goals if memory serves me on that day. Anyway, behind me in the stands, there's Mark Crossley looking impossibly huge with big hands, which I think also gave him an advantage in terms of being a goalkeeper. Here of Ender, the underwhelming Mark Crossley anecdote. Talking of characters. Tim Flowers once told me to. Really? Could you provide a bit more context? Did, that, did you deserve no. to be told? When to you say talking of character, are you the character in yeah. that story, was, or is Tim Flowers the character? character. In that story? Was it was it warranted? Yeah, I can't remember. It was 1996, Talk so I would have been about context. 15, probably. Okay. At the age of 15, you probably yeah, something. Yeah, you not not even like sweet, like a child, just being <laughs> mid-teen. Tim Flowers was the first goalkeeper I ever saw Forest score against. Against Southampton, 1991, 1-3-1. Nigel Jameson loved him. Good. And I don't, maybe I tried to remind him of that or something. Well, I don't know, the, but was it wasn't even the game, it was in the warm-up. That's what I was trying to work out. So was what he was doing at the Trent end, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but he was down there and, you know, very reputable well, goalkeeper, Tim Flowers. It was when, remember Blackburn coming down here and beating us 5-1? Could have been any it, time. It, it could have been, it's yeah. Blackburn. It was the year that they did us 7-0. Seven, seven yeah, that. Yeah, Kevin Campbell had his end-of-days game. In the return leg. Again, we, we always talk about how loyalty has died away in football. I clearly remember that day, the entire city ground singing, what a waste of money at Kevin Campbell when he missed a one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. So, some things never changed. But yeah, Tim Flowers told me that. And you, you that, absolutely couldn't do that to that a child or me. any paying customer. No, of course not. Did anybody child. else hear it around you? I think other people, did. I did, other people heard it and other right. people sort of smiled like that's oh, him told. 
That surprises me. I, I don't know Tim Flowers. But An England international. Really? Yeah. Seems to me an agreeable character. Is that, is that libelous, by the way? Are we able to say that somebody... It, it, it happened. It happened, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Once again, Phil Chuggins back in court. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not sure, A, Tim Flowers is ever going to hear this, or... B, that that's going to be the biggest thing on his list of to do. Yeah, I'd just like to say on record, Tim Flowers, you f <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever come as coach? Was he not going to come as goalkeeper coach under Pierce? Did that happen? He was director of football. He was a coach under Pierce. Yeah, was he? Yeah. I thought he had. Just... And you well, can really see his good work being put to test everything. So, so in many ways, you did the entire opposite of your suggestion. But you could argue you did get your own back. <laughs> Yeah. He had to work Just, at Forest under Flowers. Who's working now, Flowers? <laughs> <laughs> well, I take it all back, Sean. It had a bit of everything: swearing, uh, libelous comments. Well, let's do it again next time, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So th that brings us back to Jordan Smith. What are our feelings on Jordan Smith? What in terms of is he right for what we need as a goalkeeper? Do we rate him as a goalkeeper? I think he's a shot stopper. I think he's a, a good goalkeeper. In the tradition of generally, I think Forest have good oh. goalkeepers. Sorry, guys. <laughs> is that his lawyer <laughs> I really feel for Jordan Smith at the moment because I, I think I completely get where the club have been coming from and they're entirely justified in their attempts to bring in another goalkeeper it's ended up being quite a clumsy thing what's happened with the goalkeeping situation and you can't imagine it would have had a positive impact on Jordan Smith and it did seem to be unusually public it was something yes. that was being discussed quite a lot and it surprised me how open we were about that Jordan Smith the, you wrote in your very very good match report after the Fulham game Jordan Smith found forget who it was with a clever ball yes he did yes he didn't. Uh, no, I did. He hooked his clearance wildly I, I into the midfield because sure he was being closed down. Which might have been intentional or otherwise. Yeah. I think he has unusual problems with his kicking for a goalkeeper. I, I've rarely seen a, a goalkeeper kick a ball as badly as he does, and that's when he's not under pressure. Again, we go back to what we said earlier. The way that we play or are attempting to play at the moment, these floated balls out to the right wing, you, you've got to sympathise with someone when they're being asked to do something under instruction. But I'm really wary of Jordan Smith being chastised for something that wouldn't really have been a part of his training and his development as a goalkeeper up to this point. Joe Hart struggled with it. You are not raised as a goalkeeper with that at the forefront of your game. It's not one of your fundamentals. And, uh, yeah. and it now suddenly has to be one of his fundamentals. And that's why I'm trying to give Worrell a little bit more leeway. Because again, it wouldn't have been in the fundamentals of his development as a centre-half. But Jordan Smith is a fine, fine shot-stopper. And I also don't think he's anywhere near as bad on crosses as people tend to say. It's, that seems to be like a bit of a red herring and one of those things you just chuck at mm. goalkeepers when they're struggling. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of period last season where we had one or two very obvious mistakes around balls into the box. But that was at a point where the team was under a lot of pressure with balls under the box and arguably wasn't getting a lot of help getting balls out of the box either. It's another one of those things, isn't it, of the polarisation of debate, that the fact that there is a particular requirement at this moment in time and, and hopefully on an ongoing philosophy to play in a particular way as a goalkeeper doesn't mean that A, Jordan Smith isn't a good goalkeeper or B, that he should be criticised for not being able to meet that specific need. The save, when we talk about favourite saves that Sean 
put together in, in his artwork, that moment was absolutely critical to being able to sit here now and talk about a positive potential future for Nottingham Forest. Because if he hadn't made that save against Ipswich at that moment, we would be in League One right now. And you can't underestimate how important it is for a goalkeeper to sh- stop things going in his goal. And Jordan Smith is, is a good goalkeeper for keeping things out of his goal. Also, to be added to that, I think, in my opinion, is, is the best goalkeeper we've got at the club Absolutely. at this moment in time. And it raises a further issue about chastising him for things that he might not be able to do. His kicking is certainly one thing that does appear to cause him some problems, yet praising him for what he can do. As, uh, it's interesting, Smith spoke earlier in the season about being on loan at lower division clubs and, and said something very much like along the lines of, well, the coaching there considers how far you can kick the ball. Which, which is interesting, actually, because like you said, Phil, it, it does seem to have problems kicking the ball. It seems to almost be a, a beautiful sort of left foot curler rather than putting his welly through it with some some weight which he doesn't seem to want to he do. He kicks the ball like he's crossing it. He does, that, that he does and, and he seems thing. to lean back for some reason and it just goes into the air, into the one area in the middle of the park where usually we're being outnumbered. In his defence it also doesn't help that half the time it's being put back to him on his wrong foot. And with which, very little weight yeah. as well. So you'd hope that's something that's being worked on as a defensive unit as much as anything because it was nice to see particularly at the start of the season, again this goes back to David Vaughan, the number of options that he had were absolutely incredible. There was, of course, a complete aberration against Millwall when he put the ball straight through to Steve Morrison yes. on the edge of the area. Yes. Just as alarming about that, it was meant to go to Michael Mansien, and Mansien wasn't even looking. He turned his back on the play, he was looking forward. That's just basic football intelligence between the two of them. But, you know, you'd like to think decision-making comes with experience and everything. I'm inclined to agree with Steve and say that the vast majority of the, the fundamentals you would assess a goalkeeper on Jordan Smith has already shown he's he's very decent at shot stopping. It's you know being a presence. It's you know people say he could do with being a little bit bigger. I've never really noticed that as a an issue against him. We 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 are guilty here of doing what a lot of fans do, which we sometimes chastise our fans for doing, which is to focus on the negative of things he can't do. But if we were to compare him to the the whole idea of Pep Guardiola trying to bring in a better goalkeeper who than Joe Hart, who can actually distribute the ball, and and the lad he brought in whose name escapes me actually, Bravo. Claudio Bravo, yeah. Jonas Smith is not a hologram. He can save mm-hmm. shots going in to a very high standard. Uh, and as, as you pointed out, Steve, the save was of, of, of paramount significance. If you take away the emphasis on his distribution, I think, well, it seems to be that we're all agreeing that he's a very good goalkeeper. I also like that he can come and claim the ball from corners and stuff like that. I like the fact that he's, he's, ha- he's happy to come off his line into the penalty area and catch a ball, which is something that you could say Stephen Henderson wasn't particularly comfortable doing when he first joined us. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd agree. I'm trying to just now conjure up an image of seeing him come for a cross, flap and drop it. I, I, I might be mistaken, but I'm not sure that's something I'd associate with Jordan Smith. I agree with you when you say that he's the best goalkeeper at the club mm. because I get that it was Chelsea, but Henderson at Chelsea was behind the sofa stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. watching that through gaps in your fingers. <laughs> and I get that you're playing a side with you know incredible technical ability, yeah. but you know the finish is the first in particular, you know, lovely, but you've got one at the near post, one yes. straight through him. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate he's rusty and he's not had a lot of game time, but bar maybe a two or three game spell when he originally came back mm. from injury, Henderson, unimpressed. Yeah, certainly. So far, and then obviously you've got Dimitar Evtimov, who, who very few of us have seen live. I think he played one game under Dougie Friedman at Hillsborough, where it'd be a bit unfair, but Dougie possibly threw him under the bus for making a small mistake where we lost 1 0 yeah. uh, and, and mentioned him in his post match interview. I think he's on loan, isn't he, at the moment in time? So we, we can hope that he comes back a stronger 
goalkeeper as well and give Jordan Smith some competition. And it's funny, we've got quite a few goalkeepers who are in that rated young goalkeeper category, but we can't see, maybe the scouts can, but we can't really see whether they are developing or whether they're just always going to be known as this glut of kind of young goalkeepers that never actually made it because they were all fighting for something and never really got the chance to, to own it and take responsibility for it. There was a video knocking around a little while ago, which I think was of the of Bosan, the new Irish mm. kid that they brought in, mm. who was pinging the ball to the halfway line left and right time and time again, which you can see is something that facilitates the way that Warburton wants to play. Because the problem at the moment is that if Smith gets the ball, he rolls it out, that's fine. Somebody comes and closes down. What he can't do is he can't then get it over the guy that's closing down to the space that's left behind. So we're not able to capitalise on somebody else's press. We just get closed down. And then we can't play out and we're, we're a little bit hamstrung yeah. in the um, way that we want to play. I'd like to see a, a nice throw rather than a roll. I've not seen him throw the ball out that much to in front of a wing-back who's running down. But once again... That's a, that's a minor thing. Mm. Personnel are so, so critical with this. I mean, we, we used Fulham as an example earlier on. In theory, it's incredibly easy to play against teams like Fulham and Forest at the moment. I mean, not in theory, it actually is easy to play against Forest at the moment because there's no secret to what we do. You press high, you're dealing particularly with a back three like Forest have got at the moment of three players who none of whom are comfortable with the ball at feet you know what to do however with time with practice with personnel knowing what to do you know I'd, I'd include Man City in that mm. knowing what to do against Man City and doing it are two entirely different things and that comes from a lot of specialist roles around the pitch and that's the only thing that, that you know going back to what can this team do at the moment that's the only thing that concerns me within the system we play there are an above average number of very specialised roles you can include wing backs in that mm. a very very particular type of holding midfielder very very particular type of withdrawn striker as well behind a Murphy or someone like that you're really talking about an immense level of intelligence for championship level football the signs are as with Fulham you can do it you can get those players I think we'll be looking abroad more in the future for for this kind of thing I'm inclined to, to say going back to Jordan Smith thing that he's doing about as well as he could be expected to do with what's in front of him at the moment I think the position of goalkeeper I'd love to see given the, the trajectory and development of goalkeepers over the past 40, 50 years what that position looks like in 20 years time mm. and what will be required of you in terms of the standout again fundamentals yeah, yeah, of you, it. you get a sense it might even go to this extreme role of, of almost being a sweeper to actually there might be a total uh, sea change whereby goalkeepers don't worry about the distribution lock, just stop shots. Because yeah. sometimes things just flip back, don't they? But favourite saves? I mean, obviously, Jordan Smith's save against Ipswich was a key save. Uh, there was one, I think, against Charlton, which he clawed off, uh, seemed to go behind him, and he clawed it out and uh, managed to keep out. It was a nil-nil draw early in the season. Yeah. Funny enough, I, I've come from this a slightly different angle, and there was saves made by an opposition goalkeeper against Forest, And there's one that, that sprung to mind quite readily, which was really important. It was, uh, it, I hate to mention Blackpool, but it was the playoff semi-final, it was the first leg. We lost 2-1, Chris Cohen put us one up after 13 minutes, Blackpool came back in and, and, and won two, were leading 2-1. But in the very final minute, or in the 87th, 88th minute, uh, Chris Cohen again had a shot from range. It was a low one, it was going towards the goalkeeper's left, Matt Jilks, and I, genuinely called it in. I thought it was in. And at the very last second, it was behind Jilks, and he poured out his left hand and turned it around the post. And Chris Cohen's face, 
epitomises how I, I felt at that moment in time. I genuinely thought, we've got a goal back, and all in this split second, and Cohen's face is astonishment that he's managed to keep it out. And that, well, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, because Blackpool would have done what they did. But It's funny, isn't it, that whole idea of opposition saves, mm. because it, it tends to be, it's like Mitchell and Webb, oh, that's a bad miss. You know, from, <laughs> opposition goalkeepers don't make good saves against us, you know. And, your striker um, doesn't put the goal away. Your striker doesn't away, yeah, you know, the game against Fulham. I think Sam Johnston at Villa wins the award for probably spawning save of the year the one that it is like oh, and then, and then yes. uh, that was a remarkable piece of good fortune and kind of sums up where we are at the moment yes. nine times out of ten that spins into the net it goes into net or, or off yeah. a defender or into one of our strikers feet and goes in yeah favourite save for me has still got to be in terms of a Forest goalkeeper it's Mark Crosley and there's two games come to mind there's the Spurs game obviously in, in the cup there's also the Oaks uh, home game which was like the Alamo. That was just a yeah. bombardment that night. That yeah. was that was incredible. I'm probably going to go with the Spurs game and say the save from Sheringham's penalty because that's a stunning save from a penalty. It's across his body. It's one-handed. Yeah. Sheringham hits it really hard. He has a massive run-up on it and stunning, stunning There's a save. fantastic picture of him in the air, I think, crossly diving to yeah. his left. And he's got a brilliant yeah. 90s goalkeeper shirt on, which it's makes the it yellow one more special. The patchy yeah. yellow one. Yes. Yeah. man of his size, wearing yellow. Well, I think on the subject of men wearing yellow shirts, that's as good a place as any to end this. Thank you to Steve Wright, to Dave Marples, Sean Hockett and Phil Juggins. I'm John Anderson. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate your ongoing support with this. Oh, by the way, if anybody listening did happen to be at the city ground around uh, 1996 and heard some sort of exchange between a teenage Phil Juggins and Tim Flowers, sorry, Tim, we'd be very interested in hearing from you. All the best.